them here. We're glad uh, glad they're here as well. All right. Uh, boy, I hope tomorrow when you uh, get to work or wherever you are, at the coffee shop or whatever, you're going to tell the folks, man, I cannot believe I went to church this Sunday morning and I came in the worship room and I heard who? Tina! Right? Is that awesome or what? Um, uh, that's part of our goal, you know, is to talk about real life. And uh, we're going to use Tina as kind of a jumping off point. And uh, i got to be honest, I don't nearly have the legs she has to be able to, you know, sing the song and do it well. But uh, we're going to let that kind of be the jumping off point and uh, use that title as kind of the uh, food for thought for us for today and for, uh, for next Sunday as well. And uh, uh, men in the house, you know next Sunday is an important day, right? I'm a little worried about the men in the house. We may have have a third Sunday on conflict resolution if uh, you guys don't remember this, okay? So uh, you got to remember that. Also, I beg your indulgence this morning because in our house we share everything, and so my wife shared her cold with me uh, over the last few weeks, so I'm kind of operating with that. So bear with me a little bit. But uh, the big question uh, is, you know, what's love got to do with it? That's what uh, Tina is, is asking uh, in her song, and uh, it was a hit song for her. It was also a kind of turning point for her because uh, this song came out, and it was her first big song after the uh, separation she went through uh, with Ike. For those of you young people that weren't, you know, part of that era, you know, it was Ike and Tina Turner, and it was a turbulent relationship. And her uh, autobiography uh, talked about abuse happening in their in their relationship, and so finally they. Uh, they parted, and uh, this song was the song that kind of launched her on her independent career, apart from uh, having uh, Ike in her life. It's also interesting, um, when they did um, a movie of her story, um, the title of the movie was also the title of this song, What's Love Got to Do With It? It's a great question. It's a great question for us to ask in our culture uh, today. According to Amazon.com, there are at least 32,507 books currently in print with the word love in the title. Uh, over 145,000 books that deal with the subject matter of love. There are also over 11,000 popular albums and CDs with love in the title. Uh, and if you would Google search uh, on the Internet, you discover that there are at least 121 million websites that use the word love as one of their key words. Do you think our culture is concerned about understanding love? What's love got to do with it? It is a question that is out there every day for us in our culture, and uh, for a lot of us, obviously, it is part of understanding what life is. The case I want to make with you this morning is that, quite simply, you can't understand love until you understand how much you are loved. That that's where it starts. You can't understand love until you understand how much you are loved. You see, in our culture today, especially, you know, next Sunday with uh, Hallmark and all those kind of places, uh, the temptation is to reduce love to simply a box of chocolates and a dozen roses. That's not what God talks about when he talks about the value of, of love. And so today, I want to just kind of move to begin with, to get an understanding for us, 
about uh, what God love what love is in in God's expectations. And then next week we'll move it into, well, if that's what you know, understanding love in that way, how does that filter into um, our relationships? Because remember, guys, next Sunday is an important day, right? You're all on that page now. I've warned you. If you missed it, don't call me. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. First thing you have to understand is that when it comes to this idea, what's love got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it because the place we start is understanding how much we are loved. It all starts, however, not with the love that we experience in our culture between each other. It starts with understanding how much God first loves us. He is always the starting point. To understand what it is to experience and to express love in our mutual relationships out there in the world, the place we have to start is to understand how much God loves us. Jesus gives us that kind of pattern and that flow. He is uh, talking with some d- disciples and some people questioning him in Matthew 22. And uh, in Matthew 22, he gives the two most important commandments. Okay, And it goes like this. And notice the flow of the commandments. Okay, Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and most important commandment. Where does it start? First and most important is, it starts with understanding God's love, doesn't it? It's a love relationship with God. He's saying, look, this is where it starts. This is the first. This is the most important. It starts with a love relationship with God. Then he goes to the second commandment. And the second most important commandment is like this one. And it is, love others as much as you love yourself. So it starts with understanding a love relationship with God, and that love relationship with God moves into helping us understand how to experience and express genuine love. And that's foundational for our relationships. It's foundational for our life. He says in here, all the law of Moses and the prophets, the book of the prophets, are based on these two commandments. See, it's foundational in your marriages, in your relationship with your kids, in your relationship with your grandchildren, in your relationships with co-workers, in all those friendships that you've got out there, the foundational understanding is to know and begin with how much God loves you. What's love got to do with it? Absolutely everything. And it starts with understanding how much God loves you. See, so often in our culture, we try to reduce love and relationships into a simple list of do's and don'ts, right? So you go to the store and you get the self-help book on your marriage and it says, well, guys, you just need to stop doing this. And, and women, you just need to start doing that. And somehow we reduce love into these mechanical situations of, well, just don't do this or do this. Scripture says, no, it starts with understanding what God has done. For you first. Understanding and receiving that incredible love that God has for you. In uh, Ephesians, Paul tries to put into words uh, an image of how incredible God's love is. Here's what he says in Ephesians 3 God is wonderful and glorious. I pray that his spirit will make you become strong followers and that Christ will live in your hearts because of your faith. Stand firm and be deeply rooted where? In his 
love. You see that? How important are roots to uh, to a tree? Right? No roots, no nutrition. No roots, the wind comes, what happens to the tree? See, how important is it for us to understand that our relationships need to be rooted first in this incredible, wondrous, glorious love that God has for us? That's what gives nutrition to our expressing love. That's what helps us stand when the world comes against us. He finishes it up this way. I pray that you and all of God's people will understand what is called wide or long or high or deep. I want you to know all about Christ's love. Although it is too wonderful to be measured, then your lives will be filled with all that God is. Where does it start? See, if we're going to have incredible love relationships with one another, it starts with understanding how incredibly loved we are. The song's, what's love got to do with it? The answer, God's love has everything to do with you being able to understand and experience and express love in your own lives. And this love, this love that God expresses, is always expressed personally, right? God's love is a personal kind of love for us. If you look at Zephaniah 3, it says, The Lord your God wins victory after victory and is always with you. He celebrates and sings because of you. And he will refresh refresh your life with his love. Where is his love directed? It's always directed to a person. That God's love is not kind of this, uh, this cloud that hangs over kind of the universe of humanity. God's love is always a love that is expressed particularly into a person. Do you understand today, as you sit here today and where you are in your life, do you understand how incredibly loved you are? Maybe Max Lucado can help you understand it. In one of his books called The Gentle Thunder, he said this, If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If he had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He sends you flowers every spring and the sunrise every morning. Whenever you want to talk, he'll listen. He can live anywhere in the universe. And he chooses your heart. Face it, friend. He's crazy about you. That's the way God's love is. God's love is always expressed personally. Personally. We can go into, uh, into the Gospel of, of Luke and we can see how incredible God searches for us and how that love is, is always expressed in that personal one experience. If you go to uh, Luke 15, in that section, he tells a bunch of uh, stories, one after another. And it starts with the story of the 99 sheep and one gets lost. And you know what happens, right? What does the shepherd do? He goes after the one, right? I mean, that's Luke 15. If any of you has 100 sheep, one of them gets lost, what will you do? Once you leave the 99 in the field and go look for the lost sheep until you find it, and when you find it, you'll be so glad... 
You'll put it on your shoulders and carry it home. Then you'll call your friends and neighbors and say, let's celebrate, I found the lost sheep. How personal is that picture? I mean, can't you just kind of feel yourself? I mean, can't you feel yourself as that sheep just kind of wrapped around the shepherd's neck? You see, that's the way God's love is. It is always expressed in personal, in oneness, in that experience of Him coming into your life. Do you understand today how incredibly loved you are? He tells a couple other stories. I listed them for you. It's about the lost coin. He tells another story about the prodigal son who who goes off to a far land and, and he does all kind of wild living. He blows all his father's inheritance. Then he comes back. And, and look how the father receives him. He comes back and says, The younger son got up, started back to his father, but when he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt sorry for him, and he ran to his son, he hugged, and he kissed him. How personal is that? Do you get the you get the gist? You are so incredibly loved. Now, some of you may hear that today, and you sit there and you say, wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I don't feel like I'm worth it. You may sit there and say, no, wait a minute. I, I don't feel like I've done anything to deserve that kind of love. Wait a minute. I, I just don't feel like, you know, my life is a place where God ought to feel that way towards me. I just don't deserve it. And you know what the answer is? You're right. You're absolutely right. We don't deserve the incredible love that God expresses toward us. But God chooses to express it anyway. You see, God's love is not dependent on us. God's radical love for you isn't dependent on you measuring up somehow to a certain standard of what you ought to be. God simply chooses to love you right now, right in the experience of your life, whatever it is today. His love simply says it's about my willingness to love you, not about you earning it. Let, if Romans 5, Paul makes it really clear. He said, Christ died for us at a time when we were helpless and sinful. How were we? Helpless and sinful. Does it sound like anybody has measured up to anything? Does it sound like anybody is somehow deserving of it? They can't, I mean, that somehow somebody earned this? Not at all. He's saying, look, Christ did it even though we didn't deserve it. We were helpless and we were sinful. No one is really willing to die for an honest person, though someone might be willing to die for a truly good person. But God showed how much He loved us. What is He showing? He's showing that incredible personal love that He has for you, right? He showed how much He loved us by having Christ die for us even though we were sinful, even though we don't measure up, even though we don't deserve it, even though our life hasn't been perfect up to this point, even though we can look at our lives and point to all kinds of mistakes and things we couldn't and shouldn't have done, He still looks at you today and says, I love you. Because His love is not dependent on you. It's what He chooses to personally bring into your life. There's a true story about a uh, gem dealer. And he went to one of those trade shows in, uh, in uh, Tucson, Arizona, one of those gem shows in Tucson, uh, Arizona. And he was walking up down the aisle, and apparently at these shows, you know, they got the big bends with rocks and gems, all kinds of stuff in it, you know. And so he's walking up and down the aisles, and he, uh, 
happened to come to the one vendor and he noticed a blue-violet uh, stone. It was about the size of a, um, a kind of a small potato. And uh, he looked at it, he picked it up, he looked it over, and uh, he tried to just be really calm about it. And so kind of calmly he lifted up the stone and he looked at the vendor and he says, you want 15 bucks for this? And the vendor, you know, sheepishly is like, well, okay, look, how about 10? So the guy quickly, you know, ripped off 10 bucks, gave him 10 bucks, walked away with the stone. And, of course, you know how the story ends. The net result was that the stone that he picked up was um, an incredible uh, gem. And it was certified to be 1,905 carats of natural sapphire. It had about, uh, let's see, 800 carats larger than the largest stone that's ever been found. It was appraised. Remember how much he paid for it? Ten bucks, right? It was appraised at $2.28 million. Isn't that awesome? Do you know that when God looks at you, he sees all the rough stuff, right? I mean, he, he, see, he, he's not, he sees all that stuff in your life. He understands where you've come from. But he looks at you and he sees the incredible value and possibilities that you have in your life. And he is willing to love you in spite of all that rough stuff. Because he looks at you and sees the incredible value that you have. 1 John 4. 1 John. John's talking to us about the love of God. He says, God showed his love for, love for us when he sent his only son into the world to give us life. Real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. God sent his son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. What's his point? I don't know where your life is today. I don't know where your life was yesterday. But I know with absolute certainty that God's love for you has not changed. That God loves you so incredibly much. And when you receive that love, when you get a handle on that understanding that His love has everything to do with it, then you can begin to understand how to express love into other people's lives. When we get a handle on understanding how incredible God's love is for us, then we can understand how to express that love in other people. Because you see, God's love is always personal. And if his love is always personal, it's not only a love that expresses towards you, but it's a love that expresses towards your spouse. It's not only a love that expresses towards you, but it's a love that's also expressed to your kids. It's not just a love expressed towards you. It's also a love expressed to your neighbor or to the checkout person or whoever you meet tomorrow. It is a love that is expressed to every single person who has that kind of value in God's eyes. And everybody qualifies. When we understand how much we're loved, we can also begin to understand how we can express that love into other people. It lifts us up and it sets us free to go ahead and begin really loving. Why don't you watch the screen for a minute and uh, meet Laura. Some of you I think might have met her before, but new to us, there are lots of you. So meet Laura and listen to what she has to say about coming to grips in her own life with trying to understand that she really, truly is loved. Why don't you watch the screen?
I look back on my past a lot, and it's hard for me to forgive myself about things I've done, like past mistakes, like thinking that I had no purpose in life and thinking that God thought I was a mistake and those things. And so it's hard to look back on those and think that God doesn't really see me as that. Like I didn't have a positive outlook on life, so why would God give grace to me and everything? Growing up, I lived with uh, my two parents and my brother, and I kind of put on a show for everyone that I was just this happy person and all this when deep inside, I was feeling, you know, really hurt, upset, sad, and keeping all my emotions inside to make it seem like I was stronger. And I struggled a lot with body image. I'd go through periods of time without eating and just totally focusing on my body because I thought that's what I needed to feel better about myself. And the thoughts I had about myself were, I'm ugly, um, I don't have a purpose, God made a mistake creating me. I was comparing myself to what was cool in school, you know, like um, if being gorgeous meant being skinny and all that, I would see myself as what I'm not and not like what I am. Well, when I finally had gotten courage to tell my parents the feelings I was having about myself, um, I went through counseling for me to see myself as the way God sees me because in the Bible it says God loves me, sent his son to die for me. And a lot of times I've just wondered, you know, how can God love me that much? Did you hear how she needed to understand how much she was loved? And once she understood that, how it changed her life? That's the way it works. When we understand how much we're loved, then our life gets lifted up. We get set free and it gets lifted up. And the other stuff gets pushed out. Paul tries, or John tries to describe it this way. First John 4 again, he says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. What gets expelled? Fear. What expels it? Love. You see that? Perfect love. You see what's happening here? You see, when you get that understanding and you let that love of God consume your life, when it moves in, the other stuff moves out, Right? This understanding, this incredible awareness of how much we are loved equips us to let go of that other stuff. It equips us to be able to trust God more and just understand every single day how incredibly loved we are. If we understand how incredibly loved we are, then we can experience even the disappointments, the challenges, the struggles, everything else that the world is going to hold, throw against us. God's love moves in. It expels the opportunity for other things. He says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we've not fully experienced perfect love. This is what we need. We need to be able to just today say, look, I am a loved child of God. And if I know that, if I receive that today then I know that tomorrow I'm going to be the same love child of God. And whatever I face, I'm still going to be the same love child of God. And when the challenges come and when the disappointments come, I'm still going to be what? The same loved child of God. See, in Tina's song, in Tina's song, that's what's missing. 
What's missing is any understanding that she is a loved child of God. She says, you must understand that the touch of your hand makes my pulse react, that it's only the thrill of a boy meeting girl opposite attract. It's physical, only logical. You must try to ignore that it means more than that. What's absence? There is no understanding of how incredibly loved she is by God. And so she's left with the question, what's love got to do with it? And for her, the answer in that moment in life is apparently nothing. And we know in Christ, the answer is always, love is everything to do with it. Because we're loved, we can face it. And God's love will never fail us. Psalm 63 says that. He says, your love is what? Unfailing. That's the word. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them that. Will you tell them? God's love is unfailing. they got to get that today. Did you do that? God's love is absolutely unfailing. You know what that means? Tomorrow, when you face whatever challenge you're going to face, what's going to be unfailing? God's love. And you go through the challenges of your relationships and your marriages. What's unfailing? God's love. You can count on that, you see. The stuff of relationships that you and I have, well, that we got to work at. we got to figure that stuff out. But what's unfailing, what's always true, what every time we can count on it, no matter what is that God's incredible love for us doesn't change. It is absolutely, utterly unfailing. When you wake up tomorrow, God is going to love you just as much as He loves you right now in this moment. And that's why the psalmist can say, your unfailing love is better than life itself. Isn't that awesome? Better than life itself. It is everything to do with it. I praise you. I'll praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Why? Because he gets it. He understands how incredible God's love is for him. And when you get that, it lifts you up. And it starts to invade your other relationships. And this love that God's expressing to us is the same love that is His very nature. See, God chooses to do this because He has to. It's His nature. It's just the way God is. God loves you not because of who you are or what you are or what you aren't. He loves you because of who God is. John 4, 1 John 4. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love, right? It's his nature. It's who he is. It's what God is about in his person. And because that's who God is, that's why it's unfailing. Because God will never fail us. He will always fulfill his promises. He will always be who he is. And we can count on that in any situation that we face. We can count on that in our marriages. We can count on that in our relationship with our kids. We can count on that in our relationship with co-workers. We can count on that in any relationship we have out there. We can count that God's love will not fail us. That's what Paul is trying to express in, in Romans 8. He says, Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble, suffering, hard times, hunger, nakedness, danger, death? In everything we have won more than a victory because of... Christ who loves us. I'm sure that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not uh, life or death, not angels or spirits, not the present or the future, and not powers above, powers below. Nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus 
our Lord. Turn to somebody and tell them nothing can separate him from God's love, will you? Try it. Come on. I want you to get the word this day. you got to understand this because if you want your marriages to be everything, if you want your relationship with your kids to be everything, you got to get it today. you got to understand how incredible God's love for you is. It is absolutely unfailing and nothing can stop it. And when you get that, it begins to invade those other relationships. First John 4, we'll end it here. We know how much God loves us, and we've put our trust in His love. Where do you put the trust? Not in all the do's and the don'ts of all the stuff about do and don't do this in marriage or whatever. You put the trust where? In God's love for you. Do you see that? You put the trust in God's love for you. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows what? More perfect. You see that? If you want your relationships to grow and become everything God wants them to be, it starts today with understanding how incredibly loved you are. Just receiving that simple truth, knowing every moment, every challenge, every experience that you are an incredible, loved child of God. What's love got to do with it? Absolutely everything when it's God's love. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We ask that we would just get it this morning. Uh, For the sake of our relationships, our marriages and friendships and uh, relationships to our kids, that we would just start in the right place. And the right place is to start with you and your incredible love for us. Help us to receive that. Help us to know it not just today, but tomorrow and the next day and whenever we face disappointment or challenge that we can just put our trust in your unfailing love. And we trust that that love will find its way and find its purposes in all our other relationships. We thank you now. We ask for your blessing upon this in Jesus' name. Amen.